Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, regular listeners. You may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well... That and the fact that we're not allowed to use our title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Honey and Co. I'm Sarit Packer. My husband, Itamar Solovich, and I run Honey and Co, Honey and Smoke, and now Honey and Spice. We cook all the time. We cook a lot of Middle Eastern food, but we get inspired by people in the industry everywhere. And in... We get a chance to talk to some of those people. We invite them over. We have a chat. We cook their food. We enjoy time together. We have some guests and we ask them lots of questions. Today we have with us Joe Trevelli, one of the head chefs of the River Cafe, the famous River Cafe in London. I really wanted to speak to him about the day-to-day running of a restaurant, how you get chefs to stay, how you inspire waiters. He's... Just fascinating, the food he cooks, his passion for Italian food, for the mix of cooking Italian food in England is just so much fun to hear, truly inspirational. Welcome to Honey and Coke. Today we have Joe Trevelli, he's one of the head chefs at the River Cafe, which is kind of one of London's biggest restaurant institutions, and for us it's also the first time to talk to a chef from within a, within a restaurant. We, we talk to a lot of chefs that, that write cookbooks or kind of do big projects and stuff like that. And what was really interesting to us was to talk to a working chef in a working restaurant that is an establishment. So, Joe, welcome. Thank you very much. We're very happy to have you. you. Can you tell us a bit about your background? I was brought up in the southeast of England, in Canterbury. Yeah. Uh, uh, and went to school there and went to university and started working there in Whitstable um, that um, now is much more known at least in the food world than Canterbury for lots of reasons I have an Italian background I'm half Italian my father's Italian my mother's English I've always described myself as half Italian half English <laughs> so this is uh, that's definitely what I am um, and you started your first job as a chef my I've worked as a chef ever since I've graduated yes yeah. Um, I was desperate. I just I discovered halfway through studying that I wanted to cook, and I was desperate to cook. And I used to walk past, uh, not too far from here, Colucha's restaurant. In the day, it was just one restaurant. Look in the window. I was too scared to even go in the deli, let alone uh, think about getting a job in the restaurant. And then just took the first job I could get anywhere, somewhere, and just carried on cooking. So when did you join the River Cafe? So I joined the River Cafe in 2001. 
quite a while um, ago. It's quite a long time ago, 17 years ago. Um, and I, at that point, I had probably about f- four, maybe, years' experience in kitchens, a year in uh, Australia, in Sydney, uh, and a couple of years in Whitstable. And you joined at what kind of position? Or do they have positions? Yeah, well, interestingly, that's a good question at the River Cafe. We don't really have that positions like that. We haven't got this kind of formal hierarchy. So um, everyone joins the kitchen, st- starts at the bottom. Um, and I suppose some people move more quickly through the kitchen than others. But the idea is that you come and you see everything and you learn. Was it a pre-designed idea to go to the River Cafe? Were you already kind of in the business a bit knowing what the River Cafe was doing? Or was it just a fluke and someone said, or you read an uh, ad? Like, how do you get to the actual kitchen? I was desperate to work in the River Cafe. I mean, I was just, you know, uh, uh, English, Italian cook. You know, I didn't really, it wasn't something my peers did. I didn't have a lot of, um, so... Uh, the River Cafe was on television in that time. This yeah. very important program for me. The cookbook had come out, you know, about five years before. Um, and I, about I, when I heard about the River Cafe, I didn't think they would ever consider me for a job. I didn't know how you worked in a restaurant <laughs> like that. I had absolutely no idea. But the thought that they might offer a job to me. Um, and luckily in Australia, I um, worked in a kitchen for an ex-River Cafe chef called uh, Darren Simpson, who sadly passed away last year. So having had that year with him in Sydney, um, he said, yeah, when you go back to England, you must go to the River Cafe. So I just went, wrote a letter, had lunch, handed it in. Luckily, it was read, sat there <laughs> trembling. Um, and yeah, luckily, Rose offered me a job. I started on the Monday. So really, so that was a really, a really very, very fortunate. And, and she said to me at the time, I don't know, we haven't got a job, but I don't know what you'll do. If There's you, always a if job you in don't, the kitchen, if you there? don't, if you didn't come to work here, I don't know what you'd do. So um, it was very kind of her, and I went to work <laughs> desperately. And she was, yeah, she was really right. I don't know what I'd do if you hadn't offered me a job. So I feel really blessed. And when you kind of hit that kitchen, what's the strangest thing that struck you? Because if you've worked in other kitchens, there's always something that is strange in a kitchen. Um, yeah, well, the first thing in the River Cafe that st- strikes you is if you work in another kitchen, you know, you work on a section. So you have a section, you have a fridge. If you're unlucky, it's uh, you're the only person that ever looks in your fridge because that means you're there, you know, all day, every day, and you sort of know where you are. You go home at night and with a menu that's already written for the next day and you know uh, that the first thing you have to do is get in and put the peppers on and everything. At the River Cafe, it, every day is completely different. Um, your section is completely different so you don't know where you are and actually you go home at night not thinking about work um, at least as a young chef because you you don't know what to expect the next day so maybe you've got an awful lot coming and that really was the biggest the biggest the biggest difference was that and then also another um, you at the river cafe we cook between say nine and midday until the customers arrive we cook all the food that we're going to serve them but then you don't necessarily serve what you've cooked so I might roast some potatoes and then I would give them to you to serve so so the first so that's like the first level so rather than just the the head chef or the customer thinking I've roasted some nice potatoes you have your colleague you want to impress them so that was a that was a really big big thing for me because this is kind of my next thing is how how does a day work there because you do change a lot yeah yeah um so it's really um works quite organically and very intuitively really you come in we have lots of bits of bureaucracy 
Um, classic Italian, right? Bureaucracy. <laughs> so there's bits of paper with all lists of what's in the fridge um, uh, and the meat and then a big book with what's been bought. And then, so the only structure we have to the menu is uh, the squid that we do every day. So it might be, say, we bought squid, cuttlefish, uh, longestine scallops, and then whatever the other things are. And then we just write a menu based around that. So it's a bit like, the idea is it's a bit like going to the market and seeing what's around and writing a menu. But you do have staples that appear and reappear on the menu all the time, don't you? I mean, there's, yeah. you have an aspect of slow cooking beans. This is just for me yeah. eating there. But there are some things that, that do repeat and then come with other accompaniments or with... Yeah, there's things that we cook often and there's ways that we cook things a lot. But they can they are in flux. You know, they do change. And there, are, there are dishes that we just always make. The squid is one. Yeah. You know, the desserts are pretty much... Um, much the same but we don't even always cook it no one none of the chefs take anything assume anything they always come and ask you know will we be cooking these beans today or because it does change quite a lot and this aspect of joining a kitchen because basically Ruth and Rose they're not professional chefs I mean they opened the River Cafe Mm. were they professional chefs in other kitchens before they're completely professional chefs. I mean, they're like in other kitchens. Maybe this is a gap in my knowledge um, as well. I thought that kind of most of their training and getting to where they were was happening at the River Cafe. Of, of course, after thirty years, yeah. everyone is a professional. <laughs> like there's, you know. Um, well, Rose had worked in um, some restaurants, um, so she had quite a bit of kitchen experience, um, particularly in New York, um, and had cooked and had some other kind of food businesses. So, but I know where you're coming from. You know, this 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 idea is always put around a lot that there were these kind of amateur it's discussed as a you know yeah but I don't um, you don't agree with that so much I don't yeah I'm not really sure maybe I'm maybe I'm biased because I didn't train as a chef I didn't go to culinary school myself so um, but by the time I arrived you know they were already 15 years in so and they were there weren't they I mean they still I mean well, Absolutely, not both sadly, but yeah. th- they are still in the kitchen. Oh yeah, all the time. And the and the menus, kind of. Would you ever get a dish thrown back at you? Is that something that happens? Would they ever say this is just not right? It's not us. It's not tasty. Um, it has happened, um, but not a lot. Um, it uh, always happens. The thing that always happened. I mean, it used to happen with the thing that you expect it the less. You yeah. Know? But. Um, but not a lot. I mean, I think the River Cafe is such a good training. It's such a good grounding. By the time you get to the stage that you're, uh, we call it running the shift, writing the menu, um, you don't really, it doesn't come back. So how many employees are there? If you know the kind of... In total? I, yeah. A uh, hundred. And they're split kind of half and half between kitchen and front of house or not? Um, no, there's about 25 chefs. Chefs, yeah. Um... But then, of course, there's the other part of the kitchen that probably has about 10 people, say. Is that and like then a there are a few office staff, like yeah. three, and the rest of front of house. So it's more front of house. So they would come in in the morning, the chefs, and pretty much look for you or one of your colleagues for giving them direction of where to go. So the chefs come in in the morning, and the first thing they do is they prep the meat, they do the fish uh, and the butchery. Um, so that, they know, will have lamb for lunch and... Um, maybe there'll be turbot and they'll say, do you want it, how would you like it cut up? And that kind of question. They get on with that while me or a colleague of mine writes the menu. Yeah. And you get most of your produce, well, I know a lot of your vegetables come from Italy. A lot of the vegetables come from Italy, um, particularly at this time of year. Yeah. Uh, in the summer, 
we get more English things, but um, an awful lot from Italy. And you use local fish and, uh, and all the fish, and... yeah, is local. Yeah, I mean local. We get some from Scotland. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's, it's a long that's way. still but local, is that isn't it? Local, yeah. I think it's considered local. Well, you yeah. can't get like, Tim's yeah. fish is not going to be very nice, is it? Do you kind of suffer? Oh, I call it suffer, mm. but do you have this kind of infliction of the restaurant industry where staff changes quite a lot, where it's a constant, you know, new chefs, new waiters. Is no. that because from the people that I know from the yeah. cafe, a lot have been there. A lot of us have been there for a long time, um, and we have got a really slow turnover of staff, not just in the kitchen, um, also very much on the floor, and that's the wonder of the place, and that's what's a lovely thing. To so work so with t- people tell for everyone, a long time. like, how does that happen? Because that's not. Um, I mean, we've only been around six years, but yeah. we have some stuff that stays, but quite a lot kind of come and go. So how, how do you create that atmosphere of a place that you stay at? There's, there's lots of little things that have happened, and it's not people stay because it's a brilliant place to work and it's wonderful. In the kitchen, there's a rhythm to the year as well. So every year we take the chefs to Italy um, for the um, November for the olive oil harvest. So people like to stay for that, and then you would stay for Christmas, yeah. and then... Uh, and then it's another year of Italy, then, you know, so why not stay? <laughs> yeah, it's the summer, no one's going to want to leave in the summer, and then it, and then it comes around. So, um, But, you know, pay staff well, give good conditions. Mm-hmm. I think things have changed a bit. I mean, I have been at the same job for a long time, so I think the industry has gotten much better. But when I, certainly when I started, you know, things were quite bad. Yeah, it's definitely um, changed. Yeah. I think so. That was a big factor. Just the fact that people didn't have to do 10 straight doubles a week. Once you start working at the River Cafe after a while, you start feeling healthier. You're eating better. You're living. And then it's hard to, you know, who wants to give that up? You know, in London, it's really difficult. So... And your, your staff meals have quite a good uh, reputation staff to them. Staff meals are very good, yes. Yeah, well, that that <laughs> you know that helps as well. And what kind of other training is there? Like, do you know, do you get involved at all? Is there specific wine training or, mm-hmm. or food training, like basically ingredients and how to deal with them and stuff like that? Well, we have, I think, like um, most restaurants, we have a meeting with the waiters before every um, meal. So then we give them food training. The waiters are also, um, and this is another fundamental thing to River Cafe, I should have said, all involved in the food preparation. So the waiters arrive only half an hour after the chefs in the morning, and then they stand along the bar and they clean all the vegetables. So they, they're absolutely hands-on, you know, very much so with all the Italian produce, and they know it very well, and they're very quickly faster at prepping vegetables than chefs. So this, obviously, already, they get a bit more interested in food, so that's great. That really helps. Um, wine training we do, yes, every week we sit down. I think it's a Tuesday. How, so how many shifts do you work? Do you work five days a week? I work five days a week. And you have a family, which I know, uh-huh. and kids. Mm-hmm. So how do you, um, how well, does that work? Well, you, you said it, I work five days a week, so it's like a regular job. So in that respect, it's fine. At the moment, my children are quite small. The oldest one is four, so um, the fact that I have mornings off is quite useful. Yeah, so you're, you're doing mostly evening shifts? A mix, yeah. a mix, half and half. Tell me a bit about this British-Italian mix. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a mix. It's kind of, Ital- it is proper Italian yeah. food, which actually first, sorry, let's talk about, is it inspired by a specific region of Italy? Because Italy is huge as well. Yeah. I think the food at the River Cafe is, um, well, it's always thought of as being Tuscan food and certainly was known for that. It's very famous for that. It's very... 
driven. We are very passionate and very driven by the Tuscan olive oil. It's uh, a theme throughout Ockerking, really. So this is a very big factor. Um, I think when the River Cafe opened, as I understand it, a lot of the restaurants in London, the Italian restaurants, were focused um, maybe more on kind of southern Italian cooking uh, and this kind of idea of a sort of stereotypical trattoria. Um, and I think the River Cafe was different to that. So maybe it, maybe it stood out a little bit with the olive oil and vegetables, the ribolita. Um, but that isn't just the type of, you know, it's not a... What's lovely about, as a, as a chef with an with a interest in Italy and all the cooking regions at the River Cafe is that you can cook the whole country all the time. You know, also we're very, very big on Piemonte and uh, a lot of the food and cheeses and vegetables and wine from there. Um, but also there's lots of recipes that we cook that are Sicilian. I mean, in the, so the breadth is huge. You know, it's like Indian cooking. It's just such a long yeah. country that it's, um, it's really wonderful. So does the British get into the food at all or not at all, do you think? Yeah, I think inevitably there has to be, there's a bit of um, uh, Britain in there, you know, and the River Cafe opened at the same time as these restaurants, seminal restaurants like um, KP and um, before there was Bibendum. And I think um, the way people were eating in this country in restaurants was changing a bit then, you know, it was a bit moving away from this sort of nouvelle cuisine where you had, oh no, sorry, hold on. Nouvelle cuisine, I think, introduced the idea of having like a plate of food that was fully garnished. You know, so you don't have this. I don't know the definitions, I suppose, but so you it have did this, change by. So you have a plate of food that someone has chosen your, your complete meal on one plate rather than having kind of side dishes. And yeah. I think that is, um, you know, maybe that might be a little. A little, a little kind of British yeah, touch to it yeah. all. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And if we kind of go back to a day-to-day of a restaurant, I mean, you, yeah. the River Cafe's had a fire uh-huh. in the kitchen, no? Yeah, that was terrifying. Qu- quite a big thing, can you... Yeah. You Just because I'm snoopy, I want to know about the okay, fire. Yeah. It's my, f- you know what? I wake up sweating oh, in the God. middle of the night yeah. about a fire yeah, because well, it should. is one of the scariest things yeah. for a restaurateur to have. Well, well, I have this. The the fire happened one evening, um, and I have the smell of the fire with me still. You know, last week I thought I could suddenly smell it, and it's just it's, I don't think it'll ever leave me. So the the uh, steak on the grill was particularly flamey. It went up, it caught, and then uh, quickly the whole. So this was during was service, not... Uh... Yeah, at about 7 o'clock in the evening. Wow, that's yeah. even worse than my worst nightmares. My worst nightmares are like 3 o'clock in the Thankfully, morning that something happens, yeah. I don't know. Thankfully, uh, there's a lot of doors and yeah. there was no one upstairs, so everyone... I remember the grill chef said he never felt so powerful as when he stood up and went, everybody out! And the whole restaurant just <laughs> stood up and went outside, um, you know, and I had to... Rose and Ruth weren't in the country and I sat on the wall outside to phone them up. And tell them have to just, tell them. It was absolutely awful. This is, yeah, really yeah. my worst, yeah. worst fear ever, yeah. I have to say. But we really built on it, um, and, um, you know, it's very inspiring. So the first thing is, you know, everyone was uh, on full pay, you know, from regardless, straight away, of whether the insurance was going to come or not. And we were closed for six months, because it was really a big deal. And we rebuilt the kitchen, we knocked down the walls, we made the restaurant even better, and then six months later we opened. In the meantime, for six months, we were sent on... Stages now the restaurants. Um, I went to um, food festival in uh, San Francisco. I uh, was sent to cook in Italy and restaurants. Learnt loads, um, so it was really, really a great experience. Still not the way that I would like to yeah. to do that. So apart from that day, which I assume was quite crazy, tell me about one of the craziest days you remember. Because there are always when you run a cra- something goes wrong, doesn't it? You flood or. Yeah. Is there anything you can kind of remember offhand as a, trauma- um, a traumatic day? Yeah, well, the traumatic, the most traumatic day was actually the first day reopening after the six months. Yeah. And um, uh, my colleague, the other head chef, Sean, she was on maternity leave at the time, and I was standing in the helm. And the first, you know, the first service in our new restaurant, just, I didn't, you know, just... Didn't, didn't go <laughs> according to plan. Yeah. Um, but then we really built on that. But that was definitely the worst day at work. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a, it's a very selfish thing to ask I these know, questions, okay. but it, it makes it. me feel better. Um, <laughs> no, no other reason other than that. Uh, tell me a bit about the changes of the restaurant, because it's increased. Apart from, the, obviously, you had to refurb for the six months, but the size it started off, there's a kind of little scheme in the book as well here about the size and how it grew so how do you decide okay we're good here we can add another 10 people you know 10 covers we can add 20 Mm. covers how does that happen when do you know oh yeah we're ready for the next stage you know I don't know because these weren't my decisions really so that's the honest truth Um, uh, the only physical growth in the restaurant since I've been there has was been was the refurb was was this yeah so we put an extra um, private dining room uh, which was quite a lot and we put an extra uh, two tables and um, that was because we had the space you know I think a lot of it and I think maybe that's probably 
I mean, if Ruthie was here, she would tell us, but that might be a lot of it. They, When they were offered more space, they took it. Yeah. You know? And then, so, so in summertime, because you have outside tables as well, mm-hmm. so you must increase your workload over summer quite mm-hmm. significantly. It does increase significantly, but lots of people that sit outside don't sit inside. And in England, you can't you don't trust book that, outside, yeah. obviously. So, it, do, it you know, we do do, of course, we're busier in the summer, but it's... N- it's not like two restaurants and being this one location for so many years mm. i mean they must have thought about of course of other course. things yes 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 lots of um thinking and talking but i think we're really very very happy with one restaurant and one restaurant that as you say has grown um and it's extremely successful and as well. yeah and is very solid i think you know it's probably our strength isn't having one restaurant yeah you must have quite a lot of regular customers that come in as well mm-hmm. as well as new people that kind of mm-hmm. know and come because of the this constant changing of menu do you ever get people that say but I want this I ate this you know oh absolutely yes there is lots of um, there's lots of that and we're completely adaptable that's com- that's no problem at all I, I think that the the precious chef who says you know I can only serve what I've decided. This, you know, I've decided that it's balotti beans with beef tonight, and, and if you want a beetroot, you can't have it. It's not really our way, and it's also it's not it's not difficult to do. Um, of course, things that you can't do, you can't do. Yeah. Um, but we have lots of regular customers, and some of them, you know, like to always have spaghetti bataga. Tell me a bit about your favorite ingredients. Oh wow. Um, well, apart from the olive oil that I've already mentioned. Um, I think I really like pasta the best at the end of the day yeah. um, a really good packet of hard pasta not um, I mean I like handmade pasta but a really good very good packet of hard pasta that's got the real the teeth um, made with a very good wheat I, th- I can't I can't beat it um, yeah. and I could definitely cross town to buy the right packet yeah <laughs> and you cook at home I cook at home all the time absolutely um Yes, and this kind of food? the main cook, and this kind of food. Um, I've actually been writing my own cookbook at home, homework, yeah. nice. um, cooking Italian-ish food. Let's yeah. say, yes, but I cook all types of food at home. You know, I love it. Um, food from all the places I've never managed to get to. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and if you go out, is there places that you would? Because, like, yeah. I'm just asking because for us, one of the main things we do is go out to eat different food. Like, we never fancy going out for Middle Eastern food. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. There's been a great spate of new Italian restaurants in London in the last year or two yeah. that just sound brilliant. But you don't want to go. I haven't been to them. <laughs> but not, but not because, um, just because I don't get to go out very much and I love Japanese food. I'm going to open up for some questions from you guys if you have anything you want to ask. Yes, Louisa, you're not supposed to ask. (laughs) Where did we get this pasta? Wait, I'm just going to... Wait, let me repeat the question. Uh, So Louisa wants to know where Joe gets his pasta and what's worth crossing town to get. (laughs) Honestly, I've been getting my way through a box that I brought back from holiday so I've been very lucky but I can tell you absolutely that supermarket wise the best pasta is M&S you said I could mention brands so there you go uh, they seem to, I don't know why they don't have a big selection they have few bags of 
you know, a few bags of rubbish and then like make normally two or three or something quite good. Otherwise, in London, there's a brand called Gentile, which I see quite a lot in um, in uh, delicatessens. And that is very good. Um, and in Italy, is there that something has specific a... you would buy, like a specific brand or? Yes, there's a brand called Fabri um, who make pasta in Tuscany it's not really known but very um, you know I don't know how many generations of making pasta it's very very good it's quite hard to find you know the good ones I think it's um, because they're quite small so you have to go there in the in the south everyone says the best dried pasta is in Gragnano so Gragnano is in the south just south of Naples and it's where dried pa- pasta asciutta really comes from you know then it has it's by the coast and it has this kind of inlet where the, the, the wind rushes up. And in theory, people... Well, no, not in theory. Uh, people used to dry the pasta out on balconies with this kind of big humidity. And all these old-fashioned factories that are still there now where the best pasta is supposed to come from, and, it's, and, it, and lots of it does, but also there's also an awful lot of bigger factories there now too. Any other questions? What would you put on the pasta with a nice food? Oh, gosh. Um... Well, that's what the nice thing about it actually is that you could almost put anything. You know, it's what's so it's such a it's the best. But I am happy when it's the best is just to have oil. That's no problem or butter. Uh, um, but this time of year, let me think. Um, artichokes are particularly good right now, so probably I'd make an artichoke pasta. How do you go about Well, we have been taught a kind of menu writing style that is about a balance. So we've had it um, uh, drummed into us from the early days, really. So don't really think about it, but that is it. I think it's a, it's like a, a balance between, so that everyone has some kind of option. It's different to just thinking, I fancy, you know, avocado on toast this morning. So I think that's where I, that's where I start. People are more specific about not eating dairy, not eating gluten, mm. mm-hmm. not eating nuts, stuff like that. Is mm-hmm. is the menu? Do you think it's changed now? Because you've been there for a long time, you you, mm. you do know. Do you think it's changed to reflect that, to reflect a bit less carbs and stuff like that, or you're pretty much sticking to your guns? Uh, we're sticking to our guns. Yeah, but <laughs> I think, fair enough. No, <laughs> I think there's always been a, there's always we've always have a breath. There's plenty of things to have, and in terms of um, vegetables. The River Cafe spot, we're full of vegetables. But what we haven't done, at least so far, is offer gluten-free pasta, yeah. which is, I suppose, is the big one that we, people do ask. But I've tried it, I really have, and I've had some good tips from some very good chefs, and they're just not very nice. Mm-hmm. There's something you have to... You have so to like, put something to bind the... Whatever, the corn together, something, and it's always something yuck. Yeah. You know? So... Mm. Uh, a number of uh, chefs coming out of the river cafe to start their own restaurants. Mm. Um, would you ever do that? The gentleman would like to know, because you're writing a cookbook and stuff like that, about whether you have any plans mm. of doing more on your own, and a lot of chefs have done, and where, how do you go about deciding something like that? I kind of understand if you can't really answer that thing as you're working for them. <laughs> that would be a, <laughs> so, yeah. a bit of a way to tell them, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I have something to say. Um, I have uh, less and less 
interest, I think, in having my own restaurant. Um, of course, I thought about it, you know, and I had these kind of dreams. But I think it's a really hard thing to do. Uh, I think it's a hard thing to do, particularly at the moment. Um, and at the River Cafe, if I'm honest, I've got the best of all worlds. So completely spoiled. Very, very lucky. So, um, I, you know, I think... There. Being a business that can provide that to their chefs is the what I aspire to be at some stage. I think being able to allow enough space and and you know and a good position mm. is good. And writing mm. your own book is amazing. And mm. you know, I'm sure we're all excited when it you know oh, no, to have you back when that's out. Yeah. I know you're just like <laughs> thinking about it, but you know, yeah. when it's out and a thing, I think you know it's what restaurants aspire is to have chefs that stay mm. that stay. Anyone else? So when you put your menu together um, mm. and you decide that you're going to cook, let's say, bolotti beans or whatever, mm-hmm. are you cooking the recipe that's sort of set down for the River Cafe's way of doing it, or how much do you get to riff yourself on how you want to cook things? Uh, always exactly from the River Cafe way. Um, <laughs> never do anything. No, um, we we uh, yeah, absolutely do it a little bit in your in our own way, but it's. It's almost it's almost indistinguishable, you know. After such a long time, to, to, to we often get the books out. We always refer the book to the books. We're always as when you're writing the menu. What you're also doing is teaching everyone how to cook the things, and so we're constantly referring back to the books. Um, you know, book one, book two, whatever it is. Then we have to get people to get. So we use them all the time, while at the same time having new ideas, discussing new ideas with everyone. Um, but often very gentle. And this this book, it's a kind of combination of a lot of recipes from different mm. books. No, it's not a. So this book is so there was this River Cafe, the first cookbook, River Cafe yeah. cookbook, the Blue Book, um, and it is based on that book really. Um, so it is, I think, ninety recipes from there and thirty new. All right. Um, and it was. It is a celebration of the 30 years of the River Cafe, so that's why... It's very interesting, very interesting to look through, and I I was cooking from it today, the food that you're going to eat soon, and it was interesting because obviously what we do is we kind of prepare the food in advance, and it's a very restaurant book, and it was Mm. quite a struggle to find food that I thought "Mm, can sit on a hot plate kind of thing, do you know what I mean? Because obviously in a restaurant that's not exactly what what you do, it's a very different kind of thing, but it's so easy to cook from when you do start. So like I've cooked... Did I cook? Let me think. Uh, um, pork in a vinegar, in red wine vinegar, oh, and wow. uh, Chianti, Love which it. I never cook pork, which is yeah. just you know just quite nice for me to cook pork, um, and a tomato and bread salad, and a chickpea stew, and a ricotta and chocolate cake which with hazelnuts, which is been an inspiration for one of our cakes in Honey and Co, which I do it with blueberries and a lot of kind of chunky hazelnuts. So it's one of my favorite recipes from a long time ago. But it is like so easy to actually just follow the recipe, get mm. the ingredients, cook. There's nothing intimidating about the book at mm. all. I mean, mm. that's a charm of, it doesn't mm. happen with most restaurants. You kind of... Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's such an important book, I think. Um, and it's a very important book actually for me personally because I probably I wouldn't be doing what I was doing, you know, my father bought me this book and it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a River Cafe 30. <laughs> the cookbook, buy it. No, it's really an amazing book. It's, you know, it is so easy to cook. It, you know, you read a lot of books and sometimes you're like, oh, this is so painful. I don't want to, like, even start. And we do do this, these talks, and we've done, Hester just told me about 30 or something since we started. 
a bit more or less there's a lot of kind of people to cook their recipes and this was one of kind of my most pleasurable kind of easy fun days which you can't say a lot about that is so nice to hear I couldn't and I mean and that's exactly how I feel about cooking actually is that it's fun easy and fun you know that's the whole point of it that's why I'm still working in a restaurant kitchen and what I hope all my colleagues feel the same, you know, is we're just doing it because it's fun and we're lucky that we can earn money, you know. Now I want to say thank you very much. Uh, for Joe, you guys uh, sit around, we'll get you some food. And thank you, let's give him a nice hand. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Honey and Coke. We hope you enjoyed it, even if you didn't get to try the food. I promise everything was absolutely delicious. There are some wonderful guests coming up in the next few weeks and will be available to download. So make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes and please leave us a review if you can. That'll be really, really great for us. This show is expertly produced by Hester Kant, music by the great Ellis Russell. If you want to come along to one of our talks, you can join our mailing list on our website, honeyandco.co.uk, or follow us on our social media at honeyandco. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.